So my name is Lenar, and I go by Volut on social media, and it's actually just a part of my second name. And uh, I'm a digital artist. I've been working in this industry for 10 years, and just recently I started to switch from commercial stuff to more personal things. And it actually turns out you can do great with that and I'm regretting I'm not started earlier. <laughs> so that's what it is. Volute reached out to me over email in March of this year. The subject line was giving up on big brands to become broke and happy. Now, what he wanted to do was write an article on my blog and speak about his journey in digital art world and finding his passion. And Usually emails like this come from weird brands trying to self-promote, but Volute was different. Uh, I heard his story and I immediately became super intrigued. We all know that money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah, sure, it can make life easier. That's a no-brainer. But at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you won't be looking back on your life thinking of all the things you owned, but you'll be thinking of all the memories you have and all the things you accomplished. This story is all about finding your passion and building your life around that. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson, and this is the Myers Podcast, Episode 6, Volute. Okay. So, where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew, grew up in Russia, in a small city at the center of Russia. Yeah, then I moved to Moscow and uh, lived there for eight years. And right now, I'm traveling and living all across the globe. Just recently, I lived in the Dubai, then in Italy, in Milan, and right now, I'm in, in Netherlands. We're going to get more into why he had to leave Russia later in this episode, but for now, let's focus on his time growing up. What was life like growing up in Russia? It was nice. Yeah, I had I have a great family. I don't have a father, unfortunately, and it affected me a lot. I mean, father issues is the most common thing in uh, men as a whole, and I'm not an exclusion from this list. Um, yeah, I have some problems, but uh, right now I'm pretty grown up and work with it a lot. Uh, so I'd say I had a happy childhood and uh, I was into art pretty early. The thing that brought me into this was kind of strange because I started as a Call of Duty edits master. I had a YouTube channel, I had a clan, they got a logo, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's the first thing that brought me into art because I've been working uh, in uh, After Effects and Cinema 4D, and that's how I actually learned about it. But before that, I was just a usual guy who was being busy with his, I don't know, 13 years old problems. Yeah, nothing special. If you're not aware of what Call of Duty montages are, it's pretty simple. Over 10 years ago, people began recording themselves playing the game. Uh, they would play it online, and then they would edit together their best clips into montages and upload these to YouTube. They'd be set to like cool music and have cool current transitions. These got extremely popular and led to a lot of people becoming full-time YouTubers, full-time Call of Duty players, and making a living just playing these video games. So how did you start making money with this hobby? 
it's actually really common for me to do something just for fun and uh, then after I do it for a long period of time it turns out I can have a career out of it and I can make money so it's actually the same with the YouTube I've got pretty small channel back then it's like 1000 followers but it was really dense and everyone wanted me to make edits for them and people paid me for that and I like made logos animations and some uh, YouTube stuff like to put on your page so yeah I think I got my niche there because I was playing pretty lame just to be honest so yeah that's how I got myself into clans and all this. How much money were you actually making at the time creating these videos for other people? My first one got me $5 and I was so happy because first of all, it was dollars. And uh, for Russian guy in his 13, yeah, I think maybe I was 12. It was uh, like, wow, I didn't even know how to spend it because... I don't know. I got it on PayPal. It just sat there for a couple of years. But yeah, the second one, I just uh, got more and more. And I think it got up to maybe 200 or $300 per video. So yeah, I was doing pretty great back then. Volute would then transition these skills of Adobe After Effects and making these montages over into doing more freelance design work for clients he would find through the internet. What's the next job right after doing these edits? What did you do? How did you get into freelance? So the trick was I learned a lot while I was doing edits. It was just a fun way to learn something. And I'm actually, it's the first thing I advise when people ask me how to get into that is just, just to find something that makes you trick yourself into doing it. So I tricked myself into doing motion design because I was really, really hyped up about Call of Duty. I think it was Modern Warfare 2. So yeah, I've learned uh, the software by heart and uh, it was super easy for me to to transition to motion graphics. I think first freelance I got was some logo animation for a company. And uh, yeah, it was easy and it was really fluent for me and native. Uh, I just, ch- turns out I'm a motion designer. It was just, I just realized it at some point. And how did you find these clients in the early days? It was uh, easier back then because there were not so much freelancers, especially in Russia, especially people who got skills. Uh, so I was just browsing some local groups on Facebook um, and finding some clients. Yeah, so that's basically how I did it. I tried some freelance websites like freelance.com, I think, or something, or fever, but it doesn't work for me. Uh, just I'm still working just because of my connections that I've made previously because I have a lot of clients who work with me since the day one. So it was all about finding them in local groups and reaching out to brands. So like in the beginning, you would just reach out to a bunch of different brands and just offer your service? 
yeah back then i used to do that right now not so much uh yeah i just uh was trying to find someone who did something similar what i want to do uh for example there was a group called adobe after effects and uh, yeah i was just browsing it looking at what people do and uh, trying to find agencies or creatives who work with brands and i just reached out to them so it wasn't like directly uh telling clients like i'm offering you my services because that would be pretty lame it's like some school school guy trying to sell you his services what did your family think of all that you were doing and how much money you were making because i mean it's crazy for just any kid to be any teenager to be making this kind of money just through the internet my mom still thinks that i'm selling drugs or something illegal <laughs> because i've been making a lot of money since like i was 15 and a lot of money in terms of russian income because my mother makes like 200 dollars a month and she's a director of a kindergarten so it's kind of lame and uh yeah she was very curious about my work uh, very supportive but uh i don't know i think she doesn't really understand what i'm doing right now even right now uh, yeah i i've got really good at hiding my income because i've, bu- I've been buying stuff but it's not really easy to track for example, some stuff for my PC or a new phone that looks exactly like the previous one. And uh, yeah, some digital assets like skins or something in Call of Duty like Battle Passes or what, what did we have back then. I've got a, a huge library in Steam buying games. So yeah, I've just, I've been hiding it. Sorry, mom. The internet is absolutely crazy in terms of opportunities it has allowed people, especially people in the art world, I myself included, wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without the internet. I mean, it's really shaped my life and the life of many others. And for some like Volute, to be able to make a good income doing something fun and creative for people at such a young age must have felt amazing. So after all this, uh, did you go to university for motion design or to and heighten any of your art skills that you were already using? Uh, so usually how it works in Russia is you finish your school when you go to university, when you go to another university, and then you find a job. And I'm not very different from that kind of route because my mom is very conservative and she thinks that, the, that I needed a university degree and I got one and uh, i wasn't even enjoying it and i was counting days but it made her happy and it was okay for me because um i got like a dorm and i was living almost for free in a big city so it was okay for me Uh, i I think the last couple of years i wasn't even attending most of the classes i just uh, was crunching it right before the exams and that's it so yeah, I graduated my school and then I got to the university and while I was doing that, I was working as a freelancer and then I got into studio for a full-time job. I don't know why I didn't even choose something related to to art because I couldn't draw back then and I thought that I 
would never pass the exams, but I actually needed to try. Uh, but yeah, I think my uh, university got me some nice skills and maybe a mindset, but it was useful to some degree. After university, with his degrees and his years of experience in motion design, Volut was able to get a job with a studio. What was your job at the studio in Russia? Yeah, the same work, but like 10 times more. <laughs> uh, yeah, working my ass off. And uh, I've been trying to build a career. I, I came as a motion designer and uh, ended up being an art director and basically doing like 10 projects in the same time. Yeah, I think at some point. And uh, it was nice, but turns out I don't really like to manage things. I like to do stuff myself. Were you feeling creatively fulfilled in that job? No, no, not at all. It was pretty uh, lame for me. I was lazy because I knew that there's like minimum value that I can meet. Because most of the clients for the corporate companies that doesn't really care about design and uh, making good movies and videos. So, yeah, I was just getting the things done. At that time in your life, how were you feeling outside of work? Um, I didn't have much because it's the same. I've been working pretty much all day because I was trying to do my best for the company and uh, to make something better than it could be. Uh, but I ended up just wasting a lot of time on things for the people who don't really care about it. I'm not talking about uh, the company. The company is great and we are great friends uh, even now. I'm talking about the clients. While Volu's journey started out as nothing more than a hobby, he was able to start making money doing it, and at some point, it just became nothing but a job. He wasn't feeling very fulfilled creatively. He was constantly working on other people's projects. He had this mindset at the time that society had influenced upon him, which was this thought of you go to work, you buy some nice things, and you go on a few vacations, and that makes you happy. And he, he quickly found out that that wasn't the case for him. He needed something more. He needed his passion back. But... After building others' ideas for so long, he had no idea where to start. So when did you make this decision to leave your job? What, what led to that uh, moment? And it happened by an accident. I just went on a vacation and I haven't been working for a couple of days. And I was just reflecting on my life and stuff what I want to do. And I instantly realized I need to leave and uh, I have much more things to do outside. So it was just a random vacation. When you first got back from vacation, did you immediately quit? Or was it a process? Did you put a plan together? What happened? Um, no, I just came up to my boss. He's a great guy. And uh, we talked for an hour or so. He was very disappointed because he believed in me and wanted me to be like a CEO of his company at some point. And uh, yeah, it was a tough decision because we had a great family there and we spent a lot of time together. But I decided to leave and said that I will finish all of my current projects. And it took me a month 
I think a month, yeah, and then I left. And on your last day, how did how did it feel leaving, going home, knowing that you were leaving that behind and uh, starting this new adventure? Mm, I was pretty sure that I'm going to be I'm going to be okay uh, because some people say when they leave a job they feel some pressure or maybe they feel like they're in danger. Uh, I was pretty busy from the day one, and uh, I had some clients and i was working with this company as a freelancer i think for a year from this point i was just making more money <laughs> because the grants is uh, more expensive than the staff members so yeah i felt relieved and uh, happy about what i did with my life now that he was back to freelancing it still took a while for him to get out of this mindset of working all day every day and doing whatever job he needs to do to make money uh, he did finally figure out a way to balance this creative work and client work in a much more healthy manner. Yeah, old, old habits die hard. And I was just working full day, but from my home. Uh, the thing that I was trying to do is to buy an apartment. And I got some money from my client work and I got an apartment. And now I own one. And uh, I think when I met this financial stability criteria but i've made myself somehow uh that's when i realized that i can actually work less and uh since i think 2019 i reduced a lot of my commercial work up to like once in three months or something like that so i had like three four projects a year and it was enough for me to live. And that's when I started to spend more time just on my passion and on my own projects. I think I found a way to make money, but every now and then I wake up in the middle of the night thinking that I will die from hunger because no one will ever ask me to do anything for money. So... Is that what drives you to work so hard? That fear of hunger, that fear of failing? I think if, if I was alone, I wouldn't really care that much. Right now, I'm sponsoring my mother, my little brother, and uh, my fiance to some degree. So, yeah, I need to make some money just to be able to, be, to care for them. And uh, yeah, it pushes me definitely, but I wouldn't say it's a bad thing because making money is a different kind of art for me. How is this, how is making the art you want to make affected your overall happiness? Like, how do you feel right now in life? I think it to this day feels so, I don't know, so natural. It's like uh, breathing or something like that for me. I'm doing it as my everyday uh, habit and uh, I get a lot of pleasure from it and uh, happiness when it turns out great, uh, especially since I have my page on Instagram and I started investing it in it a lot because I see that other people feel the same about my work and it made me pretty sure that I should continue this. So yeah, since I started, made this decision i have never been more happier 
Music plays a big role in Volute's inspiration, especially in the last couple of years when he started to get into hip-hop. He says that the turning point in his career was when he decided to recreate the cover of one of his favorite albums, which was by Tyler, the creator. The album was titled Flower Boy. Tyler is actually personally responsible for my artistic career. And uh, I think that at some point I will meet him. And I'm, I don't know how he will feel about it, but I think he's pretty sure that his music influences a lot of creative people right now. What was it that drew you to his music? Uh, it it just sounded really interesting and different back then. I thought, I think it was Goo or some of his earlier al- albums. I wouldn't even describe it as a hip hop. It was just some abstract sound with very uh, bold lyrics. And uh, I don't even know how he got up to it and how he came up with it. Um, yeah, right now he sounds more or less like all rappers right now. He has a great producing and great mastering because he's been working with like Viral Williams. Uh, and uh, it makes it his sound really clean and... Uh, more mainstream maybe but I even in that I find some originality and something very new and when was it that clients started to actually contact you for your creative vision rather than just your skills I think uh, it started then I get some numbers it's actually a pretty sad story because uh uh, I don't know of any other way to put yourself out there and get some authority. But yeah, when I uh, started posting my videos on Instagram and TikTok, and they got many, many views and uh, a lot of attention, people started to reach out to me to make something like that. And I think they feel that I can solve their problem of making them, them popular. And sometimes it works. We had a blast with one artist uh, called Ross. I made a video for him. And uh, yeah, it worked pretty well. People enjoyed it. But sometimes it doesn't work. So I think uh, people started using my vision when I got some eyes on my work. Not before that. With Ross, he just told me like do whatever you want i trust you because he saw my work and i think he felt that i can make something original and i can kind of do and uh, we did this thing it it feels amazing like being trusted in terms of your creative vision is uh, i don't know my top priority right now uh, because previously i was told what to do and uh, sometimes you have an idea how to make it better but it doesn't work because i don't know client refuses to accept new ideas for example and uh, right now you just do whatever you want whatever you feel would be great sometimes i miss sometimes i hate and uh, you analyze yourself every time and try to be better and it's a great challenge for me and i like to be in this challenge Valut is currently traveling across Europe, 
You'll fly into a city, stay for a while, do some work, meet some clients, and just explore. The reason for this is once the Russian and Ukraine conflicts broke out, Balut started to have trouble finding work. If he stayed in Russia, his clients didn't want to work with him, so he had to make sure he could keep taking care of his family, so he had to leave the country. And now he lives in this sort of limbo of not knowing when or if ever he'll be able to return home. Why did you start traveling so much? I know you told me you have been to like seven different countries so far. Yeah, and uh, it's just because Russia got really messed up. And uh, yeah, me as an artist, as a, just as a person, was really uncomfortable to live there. And I just realized at some point that all of my friends are gone. All of my connections here are disrupted. And uh, I can't even work for my clients because most of them just don't want to connect with uh, Russian companies. And I just uh, yeah, decided to leave, open the company abroad. And right now I work outside. And it's actually, it actually was nice to meet all these people I worked with in person. While traveling has a lot of positives for Valut, he does miss his family uh, and his home quite a bit. You know, you know, I miss a lot. I miss a lot of the feeling of home because I don't he- feel like I have home at all right now. And it's sometimes it's really painful to feel that because I want to go back, but I don't have any back to go in. And uh, yeah. I just need to live with this thing, but it's like a side effect of this lifestyle. Another thing that Volut has struggled with in the past and has just recently started to realize is that he is, in fact, an artist. Not only do some digital artists feel for a long time that making digital works was somehow less notable than making paintings or sculptures, but in Russian culture, there's also a certain view toward artists in general. I think as a, as a Russian citizen, uh, let me just uh, explain how it works in Russia for artists. Uh, they got so bullied in universities that they are usually afraid to tell anyone that they are artists. They master their craft silently, alone, until they become at least very efficient in what we do. And uh, at least they get a lot of skills. And then after that, they start to show up. And if you look closely, you will find out that the people with craziest styles is usually Russians or something similar to that in art, especially in illustrators and some 2D uh, graphic designers. It's usually some Russian guy who just got so afraid of, I don't know what, maybe of a system, that will tell him that he's not an artist and he's not skillful enough to be called like that. And it's the same for me. I was too afraid to tell anyone that I'm an artist. I even, even right now, I'm afraid that some, I don't know, cooler artist will come and say that I'm actually pretty lame and my work is uh, bad and boring and I don't know I I would cry for a night but it just recently happened I've been doing art but I never called myself an artist because that's how I was 
raised and uh, the system that I was living in made me feel like that. Uh, and it got easier when I uh, escaped my country and I could comfortably say right now that I'm an artist. So I don't know, maybe a year from now, it, when it started to appear to me that my works can be perceived as an art. Yeah. I would say that Valut is an artist in my book because someone with that much passion and drive and creativity that they have to let out, there's no other word to describe it. I want to thank Valut for coming onto the podcast. We're on episode six now, and I'm beyond grateful for these artists that have trusted me enough to be able to tell their stories. Uh, these episodes take a lot of work, but I believe the value they have for the artist and the listener and even myself is unmeasurable. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and check the episode's description to find today's guest social medias or websites. This episode was produced and recorded by me, Jacob Johnson. This is the Modern Show Podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.